Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's podcast network. This is the first basketball podcast on the network. And if you enjoy our content, feel free to follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball and check out all of our content on the site at texasfootball.com and scroll over to the basketball tabs. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. We actually, uh, a little bit of behind the scenes for everybody. We had a podcast recorded uh, last week. Uh, that would have been the official first one, but, but we had some technical things to take care of. So this one's actually the real official podcast. So yes, yes. Knock on wood, knock on yeah, wood. Yeah. Yeah. Knock on wood on that one. Get it going. But um, I'll, no, I'll tell you this much. This one's getting published regardless, whether it's late or not, we're going to put this one up just to say we get some shots up. Hey, if this is up in two weeks, then you know that this is what happened. All right. 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 But, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, on the last podcast, it wasn't, we're going to cover basically everything we covered last week on this one. We basically just talked about Baylor and previewed uh, Texas State. And we'll get into that. I don't want to bring up a sore subject already, but right, right, yeah. we'll, we'll save that. Yeah. But yeah, again, this is, uh, we're excited to get this basketball content up to y'all. Uh, this was kind of a couple weeks in the making. Um, again, Ish made it possible just to kind of get this going on the site. And I know you were um, anxious to get some some more basketball content and basketball podcast up on the site yeah no no you uh a little bit a little more behind the scenes uh matthew reached out to me and was like hey is this something you guys are interested in and i said yeah like totally man like this is something that you know with my hands being full in a lot of different areas like it's not something that i can necessarily do on my own and so like having somebody like you here you know definitely made this a lot more possible than i think um because everybody's kind of stretched thin on the staff and so i wanted somebody pretty reliable to kind of share this uh this little product with so yeah, yeah, yeah and I excited. appreciate this opportunity. So, I mean, today we have a lot to talk about here from the girls' high school basketball um, state finals to what we have four conference tournaments we're going to go in depth on, and mm-hmm. then a couple more we're going to touch on at the end. And then, next, our next podcast, we'll be talking about the American Athletic Conference tournament and the boys' state finals. So, lots to talk about today. Uh, let's get started with the girls' state finals in high school at the high school level. I mean, 6A, just to run down the, the matchup, 6A is Cy- Cypress Creek versus Soto. 5A is Cedar Park versus Frisco Liberty. 4A, Hardin-Jefferson versus Canyon. 3A, Brownfield versus Fairfield. 2A, Lippin, Lipin? Lipin? Lipan. Lipan versus Martins Mill. And 1A, Dodd City versus Nazareth. Now, the 6A matchup is the one that has everybody, you know, glued to their TVs, I mean, ready to make a trip to San Antonio. So, Ish, I'll let you take it away first. And just what are you looking forward to in that matchup? I'm looking forward to finally seeing uh, Rory Harmon and Kendall Hunter together on Side Creek because last year Rory Rory Harmon missed that game. Uh, She was on the bench, but when they played Duncanville, um, she missed the game. So it was more of the Kendall Hunter show. And Kendall Hunter is a really good player. She's insanely uh, – kind of has that really – quick pop step jump shot that's really Mm -hmm. exciting to watch when she can get going but against Duncanville last year it was just her and I know Rory Harmon's that player who really kind of makes that team really special 
Um, and so like her being that dynamic point guard next to Kendall Hunter really just makes that team incredible. And you saw that this year. I mean, I believe they're yeah undefeated 32 and 0 going, yeah, going against Duncan or DeSoto this time around the other Dallas powerhouse um, who has prospects of their own and they're low, absolutely loaded with um, uh, elite talent. And I think this is, this is the matchup, like you said, that everybody kind of wanted to see uh, before this season really started. They were like, okay, I kind of hope to see this. You got Samaya Smith over there for DeSoto as well, uh, one of their top prospects. I think I want to give it to Cy Creek this time around um, because I do expect both Parman and Hunter to be on the court at the same time. And what I liked most about Cy Creek um, in the semifinal game was that it was close against, uh, uh, or not, no, going, uh, sorry, not against Judson, uh, the, Shadow Creek. Uh, the yeah, Shadow Creek in the regional oh, final. Mm-hmm. Um, it was close for a bit. And then all of a sudden, like, it was like a 10 0 run. Like, just like Rory Harmon got on a fast break, Kendall Hunter got on a fast break, they got some steals, and it was like 10 0 run, boom, Cy Creek wins. And it was just like, it was just over that quickly. And so, I'm interested to see if, you know, somebody like DeSoto with the athleticism that they have if they can counter, right, those yeah. runs that Side uh, Creek is going to be able to do. Yeah, because you know Side Creek with those two guards is just going to be able to pour in the points. But if DeSoto can maybe, I don't want to say slow it down, but you have uh, just a plethora of, of bigs on this team too. 100%. Between Samaya Smith um, and then you have Amina Muhammad and then mm-hmm. Kentucky commit Tiana Heron. And I even mentioned uh, Kendall, Brown, Kendall Brown from the Houston signee. And so with those, I mean, like you said, just a plethora of talent here, there should be enough size that I'm curious if you think that that size can give Cy Creek uh, some problems. Or... That's going to be something. That's going to be really interesting. Um, I think that's going to be the, prop- I want to say that might be the, the most size that Cy Creek has seen. Um, but, you know, Cy Creek's also has some size of their own as well. I believe they have a couple six three you know, uh, forwards, but, um, I think as far as the talent edge goes, I think DeSoto has the, you know, the, the talent edge in the, in the, um, in the size department in the front court, that's going to be the, but that I will say that is going to be the, the, the determining, uh, matchup is going to be can side Creek. I don't want to say match the size, but can they counter the size with their speed? Yeah, I like yeah. I like countering there because I, I saw a lot of places say Hunter and Harmon are the best two players in Texas pretty mm-hmm. much. I yeah, mean, definitely. It's both UT commits. I mean, they've won 73 of the last 74 games, and the, the one loss was the, the state title game last year when Harmon didn't play. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly just a matchup that, like you said, everyone's been waiting for here. So now DeSoto beat Duncanville twice this season. Mm-hmm. It's both these teams are battle tested. I don't know if you can ask for anything more here. You have the headlining acts, you have the supporting cast, you have the history. I mean, let's just, let's just Dallas versus Houston. You have Dallas versus <laughs> like, Houston, which is always <laughs> just the best thing you can have. Yeah. Um, no, but this this is this is the one that everyone's going to be watching here. Do you have anything else on it? Uh, no, that's pretty much it, man. I'm, I'm, like I said, like you said, I'm looking forward to this one. This is, this is the one that I had circled when I was putting together the magazine. I'm pretty sure this is the one that everybody had circled. Um, I'm not familiar with the t- the broadcast yet. Like, I don't, I don't know if they're, I know there was some uncertainties about like, you know, if they're going to be televising the 6A games like they do every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not heard confirmation on that yet. So I, I, I can't hundred percent speak. It might already be a, a done deal that they are. I, I just haven't um, heard about it yet. Now, 
um, quickly. I mean, we can go run through the other ones. Cedar Park, Frisco, Liberty in the 5A mm-hmm. matchup. Uh, both of them coming off of great years. I never know if this UIL um, records are correct because they had one of the records wrong this uh, one year that I was covering it and it scarred me for life. But anyways, <laughs> um, Cedar Park 26 and one Frisco Liberty 22 and eight in the five, a matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, just we'll Frisco, talk, talk yeah. about those. So Frisco Liberty, I was texting uh, Nick Alvarado from TXHS GBB, which is, you know, the Texas high school girls basketball um, kind of hub. Um, and I was texting him like, man, Frisco Liberty did it again, huh? Cause they beat Lubbock Cooper in the semifinal mm-hmm. and they weren't, I believe they weren't ranked like in their, let me see. I'm trying to double check here. Um, yeah, they weren't ranked. They weren't ranked in the top, uh, in the TABC top 25 and, but they're the defending champs in 5A and their, their defense is just something like something kicks in the playoffs for that team that they know how to grind teams down. And their key is going to be Jazzy Owens Barnett, who was the key player last year. She's probably one of the best two way players um, in Texas girls basketball. Um, she, uh, interestingly enough, she made the game winning play on both ends against Lubbock Cooper mm-hmm. in overtime with a layup, um, kind of a Euro step layup for the game winning basket. And then a block on the other end that some people contest may or may not have been a foul. I'm of course. I'm partial to think that it wasn't. I thought she got kind of all ball, and, you know, or at least close enough to being ball. Yeah. Um, so that's going to, that's, that was something that I know Lubbock Cooper kind of contended, but um, I believe this is also Cedar Park's first trip to state. I'm trying to double check on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. First trip to state. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I like Cedar Park. Cedar Park's always been one of those central Texas powerhouses that just haven't gotten over that state championship hump. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy to see what their program that their programs made it to the stage. But I don't know. Every time I thought Frisco Liberty was out or Frisco Liberty was going to be um, uh, overmatched, they found ways to drag teams to their level. And I don't want to say drag them as in down, but like they want to play a particular style. Yeah. Like dra- they drag pl- is just such a, it, it sounds like it's uh, has negative connotation, but drag, right. I mean, you look at, the defense that they've been able to play, they've held in the playoffs alone. You look 37, 32, 30, 28, 23, 27. And you're just they drag like, teams to the mud. Like yeah, I will <laughs> drag you to the ground and beat yeah. you there. Like that's, yeah. that's what it is. And that's yeah. what they've done. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, a, and I, I forgot who was uh where I read it, but one of the players was basically saying like, that's not, we don't necessarily always want to slow it down, but that's just how, that's just, they're very patient. They're very precise. And like when you, when it gets to the playoffs, that type of style, like I remember in boys basketball um, a couple of years ago, Allen in 6A, that's how Allen won the title in 6A, I think yep. two or three years ago. I hated that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like, it was the team they that won Ty- everything. Tyrese go ahead, go ahead, no, go ahead. the same bracket. And then yep. you had like, yep. you had uh, South Grant, I think it was South Grant Prairie or one of the other teams in there too, yep. with like Jamal Bienmi and them and stuff. And Allen comes out and wins the win state that year. And you're just like, yeah. What just happened? <laughs> it's oh, that, sorry, I didn't mean hate. No, no, it's like that, no, no, there, it's that style. No, no, it's that's that's that knockdown dragout style where like if you can have a game that's like, hey, first of forty wins, like that stuff translates so easily to the playoffs because every there's so many so many of the best teams want to get out and run right. Yeah. And now we're going on two years now. Frisco Liberty being that team that's just like, no, we're gonna play incredible defense. We're gonna shoot like 50 percent from the field on offense, and we're gonna make everything. And you're gonna be so out of your element because not every team's used to playing just like pure half court basketball. And that's what um that's what Coach Reedy's really coached well at Frisco Liberty. Exactly. 
All right, now looking at the 4A matchup, Harden-Jefferson and Canyon. Harden-Jefferson 29-0, Canyon 30-1. and Again, it's another heavyweight matchup here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Harden-Jefferson in this one. I think they have the best player on the floor in Ashland Jackson. But the difference is between this year, this year and the team that lost to Argyle a couple years ago in 4A is um, I think – Harden Jefferson's a little bit deeper this year. Uh, a couple years ago, it feel it felt like it was a lot of Ashlyn Jackson. Now she has a lot of supporting cast, including a freshman. I believe her name is Kendall Sneed, who um, there might be some college basketball nut out there who recognizes that name. Uh, Omar Sneed's daughter, who was a star from Memphis, I believe in the nineties when just before John Calipari got there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh, his his daughter is the, the a freshman point guard, and she's really talented. Um, she kind of runs point, um, and that kind of lets Ashlyn Jackson kind of pick her spots. And w- anytime you have a six foot guard at this level, like it's going to be, you're going to be, you know, yeah, an insane. Yeah, it's it's so different. Um, I believe she's going to Duke as well. Um, but yeah, no, very, I, very different. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very different at this level. So. Um, you know, credit to Canyon. I think Canyon did a really good job getting here, but I like this Harden Jefferson team a lot. And I think that's going to be kind of the difference for me. It's going to be just, um, I'm trying to think there was one other talking point that I wanted to hit on. Um, oh, both teams kind of had a similar track throughout the season in terms of like cruising through the regular season mm-hmm. and then getting hit a couple times in the playoffs, but for the most part, taking care of business. Um, that's been a really interesting trajectory and I'm curious to see how that plays out because they look, go look at these regular season uh, schedules. They just cruised like yeah. nothing within like 20 points for like most of them until they got to like third round of the playoffs. So not much, not much within 50 points. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's- <laughs> I'm just, I'm just scrolling right here. I'm just, I'm just scrolling through looking um, at the 40 level. Um, for me, it's always been Argyle in there, obviously just mm-hmm. because of what they've been doing and also because I've covered them a lot. Sure, sure. Here. So it's very interesting to see two new teams. I mean, not new teams because they've, they've, they're great programs and they've sure. been there before. But no, but just not seeing Argyle, right? <laughs> yeah, just not seeing Argyle. It's like, all right, let's let's get some new blood in here. Let's see. No, it. I'm definitely um, here for new blood. And Harden Jefferson looked like they were going to be that team a couple years ago because yeah. I think Argyle only beat them by seven or something, and that was a really young Harden Jefferson team. So it was like, okay, here's something brewing here, right? And now we're finally starting to see the other teams come up. Now that that you know, that, that really good senior class of Argyle moved on. Now it's like, okay, some of the other 4A programs are coming up now. Yep. And the 3A level, we have Brownfield versus Fairfield. Uh, Brownfield 28-1, Fairfield 27-2. Brownfield, the only thing I will say about them is they had an amazing comeback against Ponder mm-hmm. uh, this past week. And uh, as someone who, again, I covered a lot of Ponder in, my, in the past two years. I didn't cover them this year, but um, they – to beat Ponder – uh, and come back the way that they did and hold Ponder to two points. And Ponder's a team that puts up regularly 70, 80. Uh, that told me all I needed to know about uh, Brownfield. Yeah. I, I'm i trying to find the nicest way to say this. I think Fairfield's going to stomp. Okay. <laughs> uh, Fairfield, I, I, do, I do think if this is going to be a close game, Brownfield's going to want to push. Like they are going to want to make this a little bit more up-tempo because I think if they get into a half-court game, I think Fairfield – because one, Fairfield's the defending 4A champs dropping down to 3A. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they kind of ended that Argyle yeah, at the top last year. Yep. And the scary thing about them was that they graduated like five seniors off that team. But they're – still back one of the big returners um was mckenna brackens who was a freshman last year who i think she kind of came onto the scene 
by doing a really good job defending uh, Riley McKinney. Mm-hmm. She got that assignment right in the state championship and like did a really excellent job um, as a freshman. And uh, Brianna Dowell is, I think is the other one. Um, they kind of come into their own as like the new team leaders. And this team is so deep and so athletic and just defensively sound. And I think they haven't had, they haven't had a game within 30 since like December. And they are just cruising through. And you typically don't see that, right? When you see a team like dropping down or even moving up, there's not like, it's not football where like, there's like a size thing. And it's like, it's typically closer matchups in basketball. And that's what makes this Fairfield team so scary is that they're dropping down and maintaining their dominance that they had at 4A just in 3A. Mm -hmm. So I think the difference is going to be if Brownfield can push the tempo and really get this thing going to where Fairfield's size and athleticism isn't really a thing. Cause if it gets on the half court, they can shut this down. Right. I think Brown, I think that's going to be what Brownfield is going to want to do. Um, the only problem with that is Fairfield's athletic enough to maybe keep up with that as well. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, just Fairfield, like you said, has won 30, every game by 30 points in the last couple months. Right. And if you look at Brownfield's run to get here, it's been, they've been scrapping. They've been scrapping three, to get here. By five by seven by two by two. Those are their playoff games, except for the first round. And right. so there's a lot of belief here that Fairfield is the heavy favorite going in here. I don't, I don't think that's, um, that's saying anything crazy. Sure. And, but, but you know what that, that does say is that Brownfield's been tested, right? Who knows when Fairfield gets hit, right? What happens when it's a, you know, not even a 10 point game, but an eight point, five point game in the you know final period, like what happens then? Does, does Brownfield know how to scrap these games out or does Fairfield, you know, what kind of happens there to some of these young players on Fairfield? Very true. All right. At the two-way level, Lipan versus Martins Mills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lipan at 29 and three, Martins Mills at 28 and four. Um, that is a 10 a.m. game on mm-hmm. Thursday. Take me through what you're thinking. Uh, this one, I think this one, other than 6A, might be the one I'm looking forward to most um, because you have two teams who kind of ended last year disappointingly. Lipan lost to Nazareth in the title game. Um, and Martins Mill, I think they lost in the semifinals. I think what they're like, they had like a 116 point ga- uh, uh, game win streak snapped. Uh, mm-hmm. to Munster. Um, it was either in the semifinals or the regional finals. I can't remember exactly, but um, so two teams, Lipan goes up to two way and they've just kind of maintained their uh, run that they had over the one a level. Um, I think Martin's mill has the best player on the floor with Jada Seltzer. She was really good when they won their title a couple of years ago um, when they went unbeaten. Mm-hmm. But I think Lipan has the next two to three best players with Maggie Peacock um, and Chelsea Lott, I think are the second and third best players on the court. And I think that this is going to be a really interesting matchup because what Martin's mill does really well is one, they let Jada Selster cook. She can drop 30 points at any point, Uh but they're also a really good rebounding team without being necessarily big. They don't have like Maggie Peacock might be the tallest player on the floor with at six foot um, in the game for Lipan, but Martin's mill has just a lot of tough rebounders. They might, they've might they they've doubled up a lot of teams in the playoffs and in the regular season by 10, 20 on the rebounding margin without having players, you know, a lot of players around 5, 10, you know, mm-hmm. they're not that big, yeah. um, but they're really, really scrappy and they know how to get their scores, the ball, particularly, like I mentioned with Seltzer. Um, Lipan, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, 
this one's going to be really close. And I'm really excited to see how this one exactly plays out because I think Lipan has the shooting advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and defensively, they have the size advantage. I don't know if that'll translate necessarily to rebounds, but if Martins Mills tries to get inside, I think they have the size to be able to stop them in the post or stop them in their driving lanes um, to where that's going to be neutralized a little bit. So something's got to give there. Yeah. Um, I think I like Lipan, but uh, this one's going to be a lot of fun because I was hoping Martins Mill, I'm a fan of history, so I was kind of hoping that 116-game streak would kind of keep going to last yeah. year. And so um, I know this Martins Mills team is trying to really make up for what happened last year. Interesting. And finally, at the 1A level, we have Dodd City versus Nazareth. Dodd City 31-0, Nazareth 27-4. and That will be Wednesday morning. That's the very first one we have there. Mm-hmm. So who do you yeah. got? This one hinges on one player and one player only. Um, I was texting Nick Alvarado again because mm-hmm. he was at the game, I think, that Dodd City won to get to the final uh, championship. Um, Dodd City's Ryan Backus, uh, she got hurt in that game. If she's healthy... I like Dodd City. This is the fourth time in five years that these teams have met. Nazareth's won all of them. Nazareth's looking for their 25th state title, which is, I don't know other sports, you know, track and field and all that, but I want to say this is like the best dynasty in Texas high school sports, like Uh an insane run that they're on um, just historically. I think this is the year Dodd City gets it done, but I think Ryan Backus has to be, healthy and i because i think that nick nick brought up a good point that he thinks that uh dodd city um has a good size advantage and has a really good rebounding edge and i think that combined with ryan back's scoring gives them an edge in this one over nazareth do you you think she has to be 100 percent or just good at like (sighs) yeah that's 80 percent be okay right right that's a good that's a good point i think she can be 80 Okay. I th- they need somebody so in the can outside score extra punch. She doesn't have to drop 20. Okay. If she can okay. give them 10 to 15, like I really do think that that's something special. Um, I really do think, and I know there's a lot of Dodd city fans that are like, this is the gotta be the year that they get it done. Right. Cause it's, you know, this, it's literally been like, Oh God, Nazareth again. Right. Um, and I know there's some teams that are fan that are, that are fans of parody, right. That, that want something different, right. Other than Nazareth winning, but um, I think this is the team to get it done. I think Journey Hilliard is going to be the other key player for Dodd City, obviously. Um, but yeah, Nazareth, other than 2A in the 6A game, this is the other game I'm looking forward to because I think, uh, I mean, you know, four times in five years, like, come on, that's an insane yeah. like uh, uh, amount of reps that you've just gotten this matchup. And um, this one's going to be a lot of fun as well. So. Yeah. All right, those games are Wednesday and Thursday, uh, 10, 2, and 7. Both days are going to be just amazing matchups here. Uh, from I believe NFHS Network has all of them. are going to be streaming all the games, so that's okay. going to be uh, – uh, if minus the 6A game, which, again, that's pending Fox and all that, but yeah. I know NFHS Network is going to have them all streaming. So. For sure, for sure. So check those out. Now let's get to the college basketball landscape, the men's college basketball landscape. And we'll start off with – we'll just rip the scab right off, honestly. I mean, Texas State just crumbles and loses to App State in overtime. Uh, to we'll start with the Sun Belt. We'll get yeah. to UTA later because, you know, UTSA was the three seed losing to the six seed. So that wasn't good either. But right. Texas State loses to App State. Uh, I watched it uh, last night in its totality. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you go first. Just what, what went wrong? Uh, Texas State, and this is like not even like a this year thing. This has been a thing for a long time, which is 
they just go through these stretches where they just can't score. And like, even this year, which is a team that is a team that's probably one of its better teams in terms of offense, offensive output, especially three point shooting, they just went dry in like the second half. There were some stretches in the first half, obviously, but particularly the second half, they just stopped scoring and app state just went berserk from three, I believe seven of 12 at one point mm-hmm. they were going in the second half or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Texas state had no response. So when app states closing the gap, there's nothing there. Um, there's no response. And luckily, you know, it looked like they were going to pull a rabbit out of the hat because, you know, Caleb Asbury and uh, Isaiah Small go four for four in the last 30 seconds <laughs> uh, from three to force overtime. But um, then it go, then it, you know, then the App State keeps scoring in the second in overtime and keeps hitting big threes. And, you know, eventually the magic wore out. But yeah, God, disappointing regular season champions going out in, uh, in their first game, uh, the tournament. So. Yeah, it's been it's happening a lot around the country right now. I think Belmont lost early. Um, it's been happening to a couple one seeds. But the thing for me was it felt like just watching the game. And obviously, I'm not I haven't followed them the entire season, but I've seen mm-hmm. a, enough to to know obviously how great their defense is and what they do on offense with Harrow and all that and Asbury and yeah. Small. The first thirty minutes, it felt like they should have been up twenty. It felt mm-hmm. like if they just could have if it felt like they were just could have put more on to, to App State at the time because yeah. App State was was puzzled and they were missing shots early, even the shots that they, they were getting. And but the whole time it was just App State was down 10 or down nine or down seven. And you're just like, why is this game still in reach here? Like right. Texas State is the better team. They look better. They're still they're comfortable, but it, they just didn't put the game away. And then you look at it with eight minutes left and then App State is they're starting to make shots. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, Okay, because I love the way App State was um, picking their spots when to advance the ball quickly, to swing the ball. They were driving and kicking the whole game. Even when mm-hmm. the shots weren't falling, they stuck with their game plan. And it was like, all right, yeah, Texas State, you're going to have to do something here. You're right. going to have to score the ball here because we know right. you can score. But it just felt like they were like, oh, well, our defense is fine. Our defense is great. We're going to be yeah. fine. That's what it right. felt like. Obviously, I know they, they were trying to score, but that's what it felt like. It's sure, like, sure. we're just going to win this game with our defense like we always have. And then App State decided we're just going to go out there and hit every three we take in the final eight minutes and win this game. And yeah. it should have been over, like you said, in the regulation before Asbury goes crazy. But yeah. um, free throw shooting was another big concern. Um, neither side shot the free throw well, but Texas State especially just um, needed to do better. And then I thought Texas State started panicking a little bit when once those three started falling, it started overhelping collapsing they didn't know how to handle that pick and pop that got back-to-back threes mm-hmm. in the second half and you're just like okay let's calm down here but, right yeah you know, and granted granted uh we're 30 uh by the time we're recording we're 30 minutes away from app state you know they're playing in the final they, they beat coastal the top seed yes, on yes. um the other one of the other t- uh, top seeds and so they're playing georgia state right now which is i believe the number two seed uh behind texas state mm-hmm. um so, you know, they, they it's something about this App State team that's just putting it together now because they necessarily weren't – they weren't great. They had a sub-500 conference record, and, you know, they weren't a great team, but they're just – it's kind of – I don't know if it's an indictment or, like, an endorsement of the tournament, conference tournament, right, in general. I, yeah, because I, I think it's, I, it's more a tournament to me. Uh, yeah. And then also, I think it's also App State – Maybe it's just because maybe it's because I haven't seen a conference tournament in a couple of years. But mm-hmm. App State, when they started making a couple of shots, the swagger that they had, I was just like, this team is 
knows that they have a chance here. This is not right. This isn't. And again, that's maybe that's just me not seeing the NCAA tournament and where underdogs mm-hmm. just know they have a chance here. But like this wasn't like some regular season game between App State and Texas State. This was App State playing up to their level because this is a tournament. And this right. is them knowing that if we just hit a couple of shots here, we're going to win this game. And yeah. that's why it's tough for teams to get in that mind state. Um, and that's where Texas State, I thought, kind of faltered a little bit. I'm looking at the box score from the because I didn't see the Coastal game. But so <clears throat> against Texas State, uh, Michael Almonese, I think is Almonese. his name, mm-hmm. uh, five of 10 from three against Coastal. Six of 12 from three. This guy just, <laughs> this guy, I don't know. And I, uh, against Little Rock, he didn't shoot it that well. He was like seven of, or uh, three of like eight or something. It was mm-hmm. decently from three, but not great. But the past two games, he's just shot over 50%. And he's basically been buoying them to insane, uh, obviously now to the finals. But yeah, this, this is just team catching catching that, fire at the right that's, time. That's the thing about March, man. You got to put teams away. If you're the better team, you can't give them breathing room because if you give, give them life, they're gonna they're gonna put it on you and they're gonna be. Yep. Um, I did not watch the UT Arlington game uh, losing to Troy. It looked like a track meet, 91-86. Uh, but you know that's disappointing for UT Arlington as well. Like I can't just overlook them because Texas State lost. Right, right, yeah. The funny thing, so the funny thing I will say, I didn't see much of this game, but the funniest thing about this, I don't know if you saw Troy's tweet. It was the Wolverine meme of him looking at a picture because uh-huh. I don't know if you know that uh, uh, Troy's coach, Scott, Fro- Scott Cross, used to be uh, UTA's coach. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. He was fired after that good uh, UTA team that. fell in the in the tournament. And the reasoning was that they UTA's AD, uh, AD or president, I can't remember, said that he saw UTA as having a higher standard than what Scott Cross was giving them. So they fired him promote, uh, and hired Chris Ogden, who I think is a good coach. They have not reached those heights that Scott Cross had them at since they fired Scott Cross. And now losing to Troy, <laughs> they uh, Troy sent out the, the official uh, men's basketball uh, Twitter account, sent out the meme of Wolverine holding a picture yeah. of Scott Cross <laughs> crying, <laughs> saying, uh, <laughs> wanting, uh, wanting him back. Because, I mean, when you lose to the guy that you fired in an upset win – Especially when it was a shaky hire or firing already. It was a like, shaky firing. Yeah, the, the the I forgot the exact quote, but they basically compared their aspirations to Gonzaga, and it's like, cool. I just I admire that. Right? You think you're Gonzaga? Yeah. Gonzaga doesn't fire good coaches. <laughs> Gonzaga yeah. wouldn't fire Mark Few if he missed. You know, if he didn't make the Sweet Sixteen. Right? Yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know. T. Arlington, yeah, they had Kevin Hervey those years. Right, they did right. Fine with them. Um, right. And I get that, you know, those teams maybe didn't reach the heights that they thought they did, right? That was a team that a lot of people projected to make the NCAA tournament and make a dark horse run. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why you were you had those expectations because of Scott Cross. And again, I like Chris Ogden. I think he is a good coach. But when you lose in this fashion, to a Troy team that's still being built by Scott Cross, right? They're not his product yet. So, you know, they weren't, they didn't have that great of a year. They were sub 500, but when you get upset by them in kind of embarrassing fashion, I don't know. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, bad loss. Um, UT Arlington has some pieces to replace now, but yeah, not a great way for them to go. Now um, let's go to the big 12 tournament. Yeah. The big boy, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Baylor and Texas Tech yesterday. 
as well. And mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm ready to just crown Baylor in every way, shape, and form in across the board. Like I they they shot this is all you have to know is they shot 15 to 24 from three. Macy Oteek shot 10 to 12 from three. And this is Baylor, right? The team that plays like great defense. Like, <laughs> yeah, I almost, just... tweeted, I almost tweeted. I was like, okay, yeah, Baylor's just going to come out, hit every shot, make perfect passes, only turn the ball over seven times, which we, we talked about in that, that last podcast was they were turning the ball over more when they got back into mm-hmm. uh, after from the COVID. Now they're not turning the ball over. They're making every shot and they're playing defense. Yeah. Okay. We talk, uh, I'm glad that we did actually didn't push uh, push that uh, episode now because in that in that episode we were saying, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see how they do against Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. This is going to be an interesting test to see if they struggle. No, nah, no, nah, they didn't struggle. They were fine awesome. in both games. They were fine. Like it was just uh, uh, in the, the the games that came back from that COVID break, they were just rusty. That's all it was. Like I'm I'm fully convinced that that loss. Iowa State was or Kansas was rust. I'm convinced that that close game against Iowa State was rust. I'm convinced that the close game against West Virginia was rust because they just came and blew the doors off both these teams in pretty, pretty great fashion. Um, by the way, did you see the Big 12's regular season player of the year this year? This is causing caught a stir on I did Twitter. Not. I did not. Is it, is it who, wait, let me guess. Oh, guys. Okay, so it's not going to be someone off Baylor if we're asking me this. Is it Cade? It's Cade Cunningham. Wow. Instead of Jared Butler, they went with Cade Cunningham. Um, Putting it lightly, I disagree. (laughs) Um, Because Cade Cunningham's good, right? He's really good. He's going to be the number one overall pick probably in the draft. He's easily the freshman of the year in the Big 12, probably the national freshman of the year. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how you make him player of the year. Like, he's averaging – only two points per game more on a team that he's the number one guy, right? He's shooting, I believe, worse from the field than Jared Butler. I'm almost positive he is. But yeah. um, he's not playing nearly as good a defense as Jared Butler. And he's not on as good of a team as Jared Butler. I don't know. Jared Butler's the best player on the best team to where he's purposefully taking a back seat in terms of like scoring. Because yeah. they have Macy Oteague and Davion Mitchell and these guys who can and Flagler and Meyer, Meyer yeah. who can put up put up shots, he can average twenty two points if he wanted to. Like he could absolutely do that. Seventeen points a game is like him holding back. And so, on top of playing really good defense, yeah, it to me that was just a name brand thing. Oh, uh, we got to we got to put the guy who's going to be the top pick in the draft. You know, 100%. so it's yeah. it's purely has to be a Big Twelve thing saying. We have Kate Cunningham. And then so that way, whenever Kate Cunningham, you know, he's going to have a good NBA career, obviously. Right, and right. go back and look at it. Oh, yeah, he was he was the Big 12 player of the year. He was the freshman in the con- – of the just so when, you, when they start naming accolades, you get the Big 12 there. And you're just right. like, oh, yeah, he's he was – he played at Oklahoma State, which is in the Big 12. Right. Like, okay, well, yeah, I don't know if we need reminding of that. But <laughs> right, one right. thing – now, one thing before we move off of Baylor – well, I guess this is moving off of Baylor. But um, before we get to the tournament mm-hmm. – is Texas Tech didn't even play badly. That was the other thing I took away from that is that yeah. I thought Texas Tech, they fought. So they mm-hmm. went, so Baylor jumps out, I believe it was 16 to three in the first half. Tech fights back, ties it at 32 uh, before Butler scores at, t- at the end of the half to make it 34 32. And in the second half, it's more fight, fight, fight. And then Baylor just rips your heart out. And this is what I mentioned on the other podcast we did last week. 
that Texas game from last uh, from before the COVID uh, situation with Baylor, when Texas was playing well, playing well, and then they just rip your heart out mm-hmm. and just score at will. That's what Baylor does, and that's what I needed to see. Yeah, no that that's that was that was the ceiling that we kind of wanted to see from this team. That we were a little bit shaky on after they came back from the 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 COVID break. Um, or it was like, okay, do they have that? Is is it rust, or is there something that people are figuring out about Baylor? But yeah, no, that that ability to shut games down on both sides mm-hmm. was kind of what we've been waiting to see. Yeah. All right, looking at the tournament um, again, these will be on the first round is on Wednesday, which features the bottom four teams. Uh, TCU and Kansas State play in the eight nine matchup, and the winner gets the the prize of playing Baylor. Um, I think TCU can pull it out in the regular season. They split those two games. I kind of like, I saw the first half of Texas and TCU as well. And I thought TCU at least looked a a little more competent than I was, Mm -hmm. than than I had expected going into it. A little Uh, more. Texas, Texas did beat them pretty handily. But uh, if, if TCU can just play a little more under control, that's my whole thing with them is they just always feel out of control in a, in a conference that is anything but on, out of control like the entire conference is in control baylor tech everybody oklahoma like you go on a list of teams and you're just like oh these teams are just very in control with kansas tcu just always feels out of control for me so i i hope mm-hmm. they can beat kansas state there but then they play baylor and then we can just you know we don't have to bring that up i was about to say yeah it's probably we probably know how that's gonna go the one that i'm real i mean i'm glad we're getting because the discussion after baylor becomes texas or tech Right. Like it becomes like, who do you like more? So I'm glad we're getting that matchup right away because, I mean, me and you talked about it where we think Texas is the higher ceiling, Mm -hmm. but tech is probably the more reliable team as far as that's as far as like the the tournament prospects are concerned. So I'm interested to see how it plays out because, you know, these teams, I believe they split the regular season series. Right. I believe so. Yeah. And so that's going to be I'm really fascinated to see how it plays out because Texas is going to be looking you know, they're both going to be looking for, for to pad the resume when it comes yeah. to the tournament as well. But um, I really think Texas thinks they have a really good shot at a pretty good seed. And, you know, if they can beat Tech, beat Kansas, or at least contend with Kansas really well, like yeah. I think that they're going to be trying to make some people um, give the computer something to think about when it comes to their seating. Who do you think wins it, Texas or Tech? I'll just I think ask Texas. that game first. Nick. Yeah, Texas? yeah, I, th- I, think, I think Texas. I really do. I... I think Texas makes the championship. I think um, just because Kansas has been really shaky at times this year too. Um, they seem to yeah. ride the ship a bit north towards the latter half of the season, but I like, I really just like what this Texas team can do right. Defensively mm-hmm. um, athletically from the three point line for, I, I just love their combination in, in a perfect world. Right. Yes. I like that collection of players. They haven't always done it well. Right. They have now the, uh, I think I, I think Kai Jones just won six player of the year. So I love that the fact that they have so much size and athleticism and experience. Um, so yeah, ideally, if everything goes right, I think they are the second best team in the big 12, but I agree. You know, we'll see. <laughs> I'm going Texas tech. Really? Okay. I'm going okay. Tech, And I, I just kind of made that decision split second, but <laughs> I, I, maybe it's just cause I was thinking about how well I thought Texas tech played Baylor. And maybe I just feel like if Texas Tech plays that well against Texas, Texas is going to have to reach that ceiling that we talked about. They're going to have to they're going to have to make threes. They're going to have to bang with them on the inside. And Texas Tech isn't an overly big team, so that mm-hmm. gives a little bit of an edge to Texas there. 
I what I've seen from Kyler Edwards, what I've seen from Terrence Shannon, Kevin McCuller, mm-hmm. Mac. I'm not even mentioning Mac McClung. Mac McClung, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mac McClung can obviously fill it up. Those four guys, and then PV starting to find his find his footing. I'm scared for Texas. I, I the, Texas is going to have to play really, really well to win this yeah. game. Um, I kind of like the Kansas matchup better for Texas than I do the Tech match matchup, which is weird. But I mean, those are two teams that are in the ten to twenty range in the country, so we're not talking like there's a big difference between the the two. But still, te- uh, Kansas is probably the better is the better team. But... Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Tech did win both matchups. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so, so there you go. So that just gives me more. Uh, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> unless if you believe that, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times, which it is. But still, I just really like that. Man, I really like that backcourt for Texas Tech. The more I watch them, then I know, like I said, the size is going to be interesting. But Tech is just such a good defensive team, night in, night out. They rebound the ball well. Um, they were able to – they went at Baylor. And that was something I, I really needed to see there is them go at people because Tech – because I, I mentioned before, I said Tech was kind of, you know, they didn't have the same talent level that they had in years past. But to see them just go at Baylor like that, mm. if they go at Texas like that, Texas is going to have to pull out a really, really gritty win. Yeah. And that's what I'm interested in. So I'm going to take Tech. That's fair. That's fair. I, I can see that. Um, I'm looking at the box scores to remember, because I remember obviously the the first matchup, because that was the big Mac McClung kind of mm-hmm. showcase for him. Um, the second matchup I did not see. So I'm really curious how that one played. It looks like, I mean, Texas just kind of had one of their dud offensive <laughs> nights where they just shot terribly. But uh, I'm scared, man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. I, again, I'm banking on the ideal, right? Mm-hmm. And the ideal no, I, is I like, agree. On paper, to me, this Texas team is just too good. But, I mean, again, on papers, you know, it'd be a lot of things. Would be it's different. March. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's March. March so. Let's do it. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, anything, I guess, I mean, we both have Baylor winning it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second round or in the semifinals, they would play Western or, o- or West Virginia or Oklahoma State. I think West Virginia That's, obviously gives them a little bit more of a problem there. Sure, sure. I'm interested in that West Virginia Oklahoma State matchup. Like the fact that Oklahoma State is, what are they, the six, five seed? Like that. Five seed. That's it's the four, a, five, a, yeah. yeah, Texas, Texas, six seed. Like it's a deep Big Twelve. So, um, you know, it, again, it is March, and the fact that Cade Cunningham is on the floor, like you know, this is the time of year that individual talents just kind of shine through, and so he could put up points against West Virginia and really upset them and then, you know, set up something with Baylor, which I think Baylor matches can kind of neutralize him in a, in a very unique way, but still, I mean, individual talent shine through. And so I'm curious, I, I don't really know who Baylor would see in that, in that semifinals matchup. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, also shout out to Avery Anderson from Northwest uh, high school mm. in, in uh, North Texas region. Yeah. He is balling out over there at Oklahoma mm-hmm. state. All right. Um, is that it for the Big 12 tournament? I think that's all we got there. We both have Baylor winning it all. So basically, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Even if they don't win it, they're gonna I would have them as a one seed, unless if I guess if sure. they lost to Oklahoma State, that would be a concern. But maybe. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't even know who I would uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quick take a look at the top 25 really fast. Uh yeah, no, I don't unless you have three I don't know. Ten teams in there. I was about to say, yeah, I don't think they would put three big ten teams as number one seeds. So, yeah, no, I think they have a number one locked up either way. All right. Let's go Conference USA and then Southland because those are the two big boys. Uh, Conference USA begins, well, technically Tuesday. 
And we have four teams in there between Rice, UTSA, UTEP, and North Texas. I'm pulling up the bracket right now. I have them all saved. Um, so Rice yeah, plays I'm Southern a, Miss. I'm gonna let you cook on this one because this is this is your territory, man. This is Conference USA is your your dance. <laughs> um, so we have Rice, Southern Miss on Tuesday in the preliminary matchup. Uh, the two bottom seeds in the West. I expect Rice to win that game. Rice has Travis Evie, Quincy Olivari, very good scorers. They, you know, they always have a good offense. That's what Rice is. You know, they're just a team that can score the ball well. Um, and then on Wednesday is when all four Texas teams are in action. If Rice wins, uh, all four games have the Texas teams: UTSA, Charlotte. Um, I think all four Texas teams. No, well, three of the four Texas teams will be favored. So UTSA, right. Charlotte, UTSA. Uh, I would have is probably a four or five point favorite between with Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace. Uh, also, they're getting good production from their big man, Jacob Germany, which is something they never gotten with Jackson and Wallace before. Um, so I have them as favorites there. Then you got rice, Southern uh, rice Marshall. If rice pulls out that first win, man, that's going to be a high scoring game. That's going to be like a 90 to 85 game. It's going to be crazy. And then we go to UTEP and FAU. I have UTEP as probably, probably again another five six point favorites yeah i was about to say ken palm they're about 50 points higher in the ken palm ratings right now so i think that's loved by ken palm loved by ken palm they went eight and eight in conference and ken palm has them as like what 130 140 yeah 130 where am i looking at 136 yeah like that's that's some love that is love love. utip i don't know why but hey they love them so yeah they and they have the best two players on the court here bryson williams and um sule boom and both of those guys made the all-conference third teams. Um, so I expect them to win that one. And then you have North Texas Tennessee in the bottom uh, in the last game of Wednesday. And I expect North Texas to win that game by about 10. I'd say they're probably heavy favorites there. So then you go in the next round, quarters real quickly. Um, UTSA West Kentucky. That's a really fun game. If y'all are looking for an interesting game on a Thursday, was it 5.30 p.m. Central time? Western and you get to see Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace from UTSA go against Charles Bassey, Tavion Hollingsworth, Western Kentucky. That's a incredible game. Um, I'm, you know, if Rice wins, they play UAB. Um, they won't beat UAB, but I'd be surprised <laughs> if they beat Marshall in the first place. But yeah, you know, high scoring teams can get hot sometimes. Yeah. And then UTEP La Tech, La Tech is probably going to put it on them there and then you got north texas old dominion another really 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 good game like if if this if north texas pulls out middle which i expect them to north texas old dominion it's going to be the opposite of the western utsa games because it's going to be like 55 to 50 mm-hmm. but this is that that's a game like that's yeah. a that's a game that's a, <laughs> um i don't know how else to describe it to you that's a game <laughs> yeah um go ahead no, I was going to say the the one I'm the thing I'm interested in because I feel like it's been the case for like the last two I guess since Javon Jackson's freshman year where it's like they're all their UTSA is that team where they're always that ah, if, if if they get hot right it's like oh if they, and they just never get hot in the tournament like it's always like they're always the regular season team that will piss you off because whether your your favorite team's favored Right. And UTSA just comes out and shoots 46% from three and just, you know, Javon Jackson drops 35. You're like, where'd that come from? Or your team can blow them out. 
and they can't defend or rebound. And so, okay, there you go. Like you win, you win by 20. And so UTSA is like the, I think the biggest boomer bust team, I think in this state right now, when it comes to their conference tournament, because they could absolutely make a Cinderella run to some type of, to like, ideally they have the best, probably the most talented scorer that you, that a lot of people haven't heard of maybe in the nation. Right, and John Jackson the, he led the league in, he led the country in scoring last year. Right, uh, two years ago he was damn close. He's basically mm-hmm. averaged twenty five points a game the last three years. Right, and so they probably have. I mean, him and Keaton Wallace, like they're probably the best backcourt that nobody really talks about in the nation. And again, it's always like if they if those two get hot, which again they are they capable of that. They just haven't done it in the tournament. Yeah. Um, but if they get hot, they could absolutely make a Cinderella run. And that's the, those are the type of players that you hear about in March where it's like these guys just putting up 30, 40 points. And so, but also again, the same in those same games, they could also lose the rebounding margin by 20 and like, and just get destroyed. Matter. right. And then the scoring doesn't matter because they're giving up 50 points in the paint or something like that. Yep. And so UTSA is going to be the, biggest boomer bust team to me i would love to see them finally put it together because obviously i like this backcourt um and i want to see them do good things because i feel like they've kind of wasted their you know the four years that they've been there um so yeah that's that's the biggest thing i wanted to hint on was like come on like let's see some run like i'm not saying win i'm not saying they're gonna win the tournament but i would love to see a semifinals run or something you know yep Yep. i mean and to be fair i was i'm always worried about them against really good defenses but Mm -hmm. they've won eight of their last ten and their last conference USA game, they beat UAB, who has the best defense in conference USA, who locked down North Texas. They mm-hmm. beat UAB 96 to 79. Yeah. So again, this goes to what you're saying. But in the, in the game before that, they scored 57 points. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 57, 96. There's a 40 point difference here. We don't know what's going to happen <laughs> with UTSA. <laughs> Like, like they might lose to Charlotte, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like they could also just straight up lose in the first round. It's like, oh well, never mind. There goes that. Like, <laughs> like I guess so. So, anyways, yeah. If if they play West Kentucky in the quarters on Thursday at five thirty, tune into that. Um, yeah. it'll be on Stadium, so you probably have to watch on your computer. But whatever, it's conference USA. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, North Texas of the four Texas teams has the best chance at making a run also mm-hmm. because they're on a favorable side of the bracket. They don't have to play UAB or Western. Uh, if they beat old dominion, they've split with La Tech already who they would play in the semis. If La Tech makes it there, uh, North Texas is a team that's lost three in a row, but obviously, you know, this is a, they're going to hope to reset with that middle Tennessee game to start off. And if they can get, if they can make a little, if they can make the finals, the conference USA is a very weird conference because any of those top five teams can win it. Like Western mm-hmm. Kentucky, you could say it's the most talent. UAB is the best defense. Louisiana Tech has been the most consistent. Old Dominion uh, is the most physical and has won, has had some really good results this year. And then North Texas uh, is the reigning champ and has a lot of that team back from last year, a lot of experience. So those five teams, who knows? And I would have UTSA as the sixth team. Eh, UTSA or Marshall as that sixth team that could potentially do something. But I want uh, to ask you, because um, I remember – I remember when I was a B writer, Texas state, and I remember Grant McCaslin's uh, Arkansas state team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what's kind of the vibe or what's kind of the feeling, obviously they've had a really good success under him, but just kind of what's the overall thoughts of what he's done so far with the program there. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who said that he wasn't doing a great job and didn't like sing his praises. I think mm-hmm. up here it's, be, I mean, because before he got here, it was the Tony Benford era and he, Tony Benford 
basically missed the tournament twice. They came off of 20 lost seasons. They were awful. And immediately they went from, I think they went two and 16 in conference the year before he got there. And immediately after they went eight and 10, I want to say back to back years in conference, which made them at least decent. And then last year was their, you know, takeoff year where they went 14 and four. Um, And so it's kind of about sustaining it at this point and continuing to evolve, but his, what he did for them last year alone Mm -hmm. just puts him in another kind of atmosphere. You know, it's, it's kind of like he solidified himself already in that regard, but, but, you know, if, if they can't make a semifinal, if they can't beat Old Dominion in the quarters, which will be a very tough game, if they mm-hmm. can't be, win that, uh, then it will be a, you know, then people will obviously be griping as usual. Sure. But uh, Conference USA is a, this is one of the better basketball conferences. Uh, this is one of the better years for Conference USA I've I've seen in a long time. Just between 100%. those those top five teams that I mentioned, and then you could throw Marshall in there, who is loved by net rating and Kim Palm. So you have six teams basically in the top was that 115 or so mm-hmm. 110 and then you know UTEP's in there too so right um but yeah it's a really good basketball conference so if y'all looking for any for a good basketball game uh check that out yeah now, and now uh, uh, North Texas just has to hope that uh Scott Drew stays at Baylor for 50 years because oh, uh hun- yes there's gonna be one phone call that if he ever moves on there's one phone call that Baylor's gonna make and you know what and it is Grant and Scott Drew are best friends mm. best friends <laughs> so yeah it's, it's, yeah just just hope scott drew stays there for for he's taking those vitamins man just never retire never leave never get another job just stay there forever and he'll be it'll be good <laughs> exactly all right to the southland because this has Whew. all of texas in it yeah um except for stephen f austin obviously who was on that uh one year postseason ban mm. so their season is over uh, they ended the season beating sam houston uh by five in their last game i believe it was um, in the awards, um, Zach Nuttall won the player of the year from Sam Houston. Just a tremendous player. Trem- I love watching him play. He's um, so good. He's so good. Um, and it's weird how it worked out. I don't know if you saw my tweet with the entire state of Texas is on the bottom half of the bracket and yeah. the entire state of Louisiana is <laughs> in the top. But Perfect. it's not, but it wasn't even like they didn't make it that way on purpose. It's just the one, right. two, three, four. It's just how it worked out. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's going to be really fun here because we get texas versus texas for four straight days and then louisiana um uiw houston baptist i won't spend too long on that i expect uiw to win but i would not be surprised if houston baptist wins just because uiw has had some stinkers Mm. uh, as of late uh then the winner plays lamar you can flip a coin there i think lamar has more potential they've shown better against uh some better teams like same houston they played close uh they played some closer games but you know it's uh, either way when you get when you get to that bottom half of the i mean bottom half of the country it's kind of a toss-up but you know <laughs> exactly and then you know sam houston i expect to win whoever they play lamar uiw whatever and i will say sam houston but, scared me a little bit because like they, they started off pretty bad against Stephen f i mean again you know Stephen f's not in the tournament but uh i'm trying to i was trying to bring out that box score that was like it was it started off really shocking where i was like okay if sam houston really is going to take this next step as like being one of the top programs in the Southland that we can expect to see, you mm-hmm. know, um, have these expectations. I'm trying to, I can't find the box score. Let me see if I can find it. For the Stephen F. Austin game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find the, the the box score really quick, but you can keep going on the schedule. Um, Yeah, they, so they lost to Stephen F. Austin by five. Yeah. Is this box score hard to find? It actually is. Wow, I started looking. There we go, I finally got it. Yeah, okay. Uh, They started, yeah, it was, tw- it was, I think it was 20... 
there was some run that they went on. I want to say it was like a 20 to single digit run or something to start. Stephen the F. Austin game. Dude? Yeah. And so it was like, what kind of, yeah, this is a little weird for like a team that's, you know, trying to prove again, trying to prove that you're kind of taking Stephen F's place while Stephen F's on this ban um, as the, the, one of the top dogs in the conference. And they really just looked unimpressive. Um, you know, they closed the gap and obviously only lost by a couple, but it was still pretty disheartening to see. Um, so I'm really curious to see how that kind of turns out. Uh, yeah, when it comes to the tournaments. The uh, Sam Houston, obviously they have offense for days. Uh, sure. They can score the ball, got a lot of really solid players there. Um, obviously the defense is, is a concern, even though you look at some advanced metrics or you look at their the numbers, you know, the defense isn't bad per se, mm-hmm. but they don't have that instinct that, we're going to go get a stop because our yeah. offense is fine, but we're just going to get a stop here. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. We're going to stop you from scoring, which Abilene Christian has, which even Stephen F. Austin has to a degree, um, yeah. which a lot of teams have. Uh, a lot of great teams have, I should say. Um, but Sam Houston State doesn't feel like they have that. It feels like they have to outscore people, which is why Lamar stays in the game, which is why they only beat Houston Baptist by seven, Central Arkansas by 11, Nichols State by three. It's like UTRGV by three. It's like, okay – at some point you got to put these guys away here because we saw with Texas state, if you're not mm-hmm. going to put these guys away, Lamar could come out and beat you and yeah, your season's over. So, but yeah. I mean, like I said, I, they have great talent offensively. Um, I expect them to beat whoever comes out of that um, bottom trio uh, in Texas. And that would set up an Abilene Christian versus Sam Houston state game uh, in Ooh. the semifinals, which clash of styles, baby. <laughs> oh man. I, I loved, I, I watched their game. When, when was that? When did they play? They played about a couple weeks ago. Of course, yeah. here I have the schedule right here. I don't know why I'm not looking at it. Yeah, they played February 24th uh, when Abilene Christian won 86 to 72. Uh, that was at Abilene Christian too. And again, that's just I remember watching that one. And it was like Abilene Christian just could was able to get stops at the end, and that's really just what it what it comes down to at a certain point. Um, because Abilene Christian was able to continue to score, score, score. And Sam Houston State, as great as they are offensively, is a little reliant on some isolation scoring here. And mm-hmm. if that, those shots don't fall from Nuttall or if they don't fall from Lampley, then we're looking at this like, eh, okay. Then they shot 5 of 20 that game from three as well. So, right. um, And Abilene Christian, to be fair to them, can score the ball like fairly well. They're not – Yeah, like, yeah all, their, all, their def- up, but... all, their, all their rankings, are, their high rankings are in defensive yeah. metrics. But, I mean, Corian Mason's one of the best scorers in the conference. Um, they can they can put up shots when they need Love to. Love Corian Mason. Love oh, Corian yeah. Mason. I hope I he's think... okay too. I remember we yeah. brought up last time that he tweaked his ankle. I'm hoping that he's okay, ready mm-hmm. to go. But that's a deep team, man. It's a, such a deep team. And they shot 10-19 against San Houston State last time they played as well from three, which mm-hmm. is another thing you have to consider because you got Joe Pleasant, Corian Mason, Reggie Miller, Damian Daniel. Daniels. Uh, Daniels isn't much a three-point shooter, but still. Uh, they had three of the five slots on the all-defensive team for the for the South End. <laughs> Damian Daniels, Reggie Miller, and Corian Mason. So it just shows. I'm, I'm going to rattle off some uh, Go ahead. Uh, some advanced stats because I this I didn't realize. Admittedly, I didn't pay attention to Abilene Christian until like January-ish, mid-January-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started reading off their defensive metrics, and I was like, all right, no, I need to start paying attention to this team. Um, so overall adjusted defensive efficiency, 36th in, in the country. Uh, effective field goal percentage uh, defensive metrics, 12th. Turnover percentage defense, first. Steal percentage and non-steal turnover percentage, sixth and second in the nation. Like, yeah. this team is nuclear on defense. And yeah, oh my God. Reggie Miller, I mentioned this. 
uh, to you before. Reggie Miller was a former Texas State player who transferred. Um, kind of a frail guard, look, frail looking guard, right? He's not big. He's very skinny. Mm-hmm. Dude is wiry and just like he's that 90 foot defensive guy that you can just say, hey, we need you to press him for 90 feet and like just keep stay on this ball, ball handler. And he's able to do that. Um, he's such an energy spark on both sides that. I mean, he's, he's somebody who he, you're entertained watching him on defense, right? It's there's not many players who you can just like, I'm ha- you like watching them on one side of the ball in particular. And he yeah. has that guy on defense. Yeah. And then you have Daniels at point guard five, seven, and then you have Colton Cole in the middle at seven foot. And you're like, all right, we got everything covered here, a wing <laughs> point and bigs. And that's just right. makes it really difficult. Um, Nichols state is the one seed on the other is, is the one seed of the tournament. Uh, they're on that, you know, quote unquote, Louisiana side of the bracket. Uh, I, Sam Houston States beat them both times they played. Um, I know I kind of said that in like a negative, negatively termed uh, phrase when Mm -hmm. I mentioned that they beat them by seven, but beating them by seven and they beat them by three the first time they played. Uh, So Sam Houston State looks like they have Nickel State's number. I admittedly, I have not watched Nickel State, but um, that Sam Houston State versus Abilene Christian game, those two teams look like the way that Sam Houston State potentially can match up with Nickel State if. I feel good about whoever wins that game there. Um, 100%. ACU, regardless of who they play, is going to be really good. So Yeah, 100%. Feel the um, same. Oh, what was, uh, looking, I was looking at when the tournament started. It starts um, tomorrow. It starts tomorrow? Okay. Tomorrow at 5. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's Tuesday through Friday. Or Tuesday through Saturday. Saturday. Championships Tuesday, on Saturday. Because it's five rounds because of the quadruple buy that they do. Um, sure. Just incredible with the <laughs> See, that's the other thing. Long bracket. <laughs> I was about to say, I want to. Uh, I don't know if I'm in the minority or not. I think conference tournaments should be kind of, yeah, because <laughs> like, or either that, or get rid of regular season champions. Because like, I think one or the other needs to happen. I, and this isn't just because Texas State won the regular season and lost in the tournament. Like, it really isn't. Um, even though it's just conveniently, right? Yeah, no, but um, I think you need to nix one or the other. You shouldn't crown a regular season champion if you're not going to give them some sort of postseason, yeah. you know, uh, accolade. And I get it. Oh, they get NIT if they don't make the tournament. It's like, who cares about the NIT? Um, yeah. So they should either just nix the regular season champions or just don't have a conference tournament because obviously the tournament champion means more. Yes. Like there's no question about it. Um, all you're doing is just handing out a trophy that's kind of meaningless and so i don't know and i to me like i don't know what's 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 harder i think it's harder to win the regular season championship i agree but again what means more the tournament obviously means more so uh, i think you should get rid of one or the other and these the the reason why i bring that up is because like these every all these tournaments have weird structures, right? You get like some tournaments have like automatic buys to the semifinals. Some tournaments have like, you know, just a second round buy or something, but all these weird structures and that are just so inconsistent um, that I'm just like, I don't know what, I I don't know. To me, you just nix one or the other, pick a regular season champion or pick a conference tournament. The regular season championship is basically an admission that, we're sorry that this doesn't mean anything, but we have to give you something here. Right, We're going right. to give you a trophy. Right. Even though it, it doesn't mean anything, but we really want to honor how hard you just worked for five months. Right. But none of this matters because now <laughs> we're going to play in four games in four days. Right. And whoever wins this 
is the actual champion and gets yeah, all the like, rewards. Yeah. But you I get mean, that trophy though. <laughs> you get to hang that trophy and then people ask you, you know, 20 years, like, hey, did you play in the tournament? It's like, no, you got eliminated in the third round of the conference tournament. So we missed out on the NCAA. So who cares? But yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's frustrating. And I've had, again, this isn't just because Texas State lost. This is, this has been a longstanding thing along where it's like pick one or the other. Yeah. Um, because if you get rid of regular season champions, okay, then you're just playing for seeding and there's nothing wrong with that. You have the best, you have the best record in the uh, conference. Then you get the number one seed. Boom. There you go. Like that's your prize instead of making a big deal out of this. It's, I do kind of like how the Southland, I, I kind of like to, to speak to your point, if you're going to have a conference tournament, Mm-hmm. I don't mind giving the one and two seeds an automatic buy to the semis. Sure. Like sure. You're yeah. Do, you, like, you do want your, you do want your best team, but I mean, conferences should want their best teams in the tournament, in the exactly. NCAA tournament. Right. Yeah. So yes, you obviously want to give them, I think the Sunbelt did that a couple of years ago before they switched to this system. They basically made their bottom two seeds basically more or less play like four days straight, four or five days straight. And so like, if you're going to make a Cinderella run, you you got to play all of these games in a row. Um, so yes, teams obviously make it easier for them. Um, but that's, again, that still results in some teams, like it's like the rust or the rest factor, right? Where it's yep. like, okay, they're going to be off for three days, but what happens, right? This team's rolling and hit like App State. App State's rolling, hitting threes, and all of a sudden, boom, Tech State knocked off. Boom, Coastal Carolina knocked off. Okay, now they're in the final. So it's like, okay, they want Georgia State. Sunbelt obviously wants Georgia State in the championship, yep. but- App State's been playing and they've been playing really hot. So, yep. Um, the last two conference tournaments we will get to, we'll touch on real quickly. The first being the SWAC uh, with the number one seed, Prairie View AM, who have won, I believe it was nine straight games. It might mm-hmm. be more than that at this point. Uh, I believe it is nine, though. Uh, you can double check that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the one seed and then the three seed, Texas Southern, um, both of whom. I, I think there's a really high chance they meet in the championship game, first of all. Yeah. And if that is the case, the first time they played, I watched um, I watched that game, and I watched it without a scoreboard. And <laughs> so I didn't even know what the score was all the time. I was just enjoying watching it because those two are really unique teams. When you get to the SWAC, the, the SWAC basketball is high-paced. It's a lot of shooting threes, a lot of really good scores, really talented players. But 13 in a row. Prairie 13 View. in a row. So there you go. So Prairie View's been rolling. Um, I really hope we get a Prairie View Texas Southern um, final here. Admittedly, I have not watched uh, Jackson State, who is the two-seed, who Texas mm-hmm. Southern would have to theoretically get through unless if something crazy happens. Um, Both those games were postponed So I th- uh, for Prairie View, so I don't the, right. I have no right. idea how uh, – how they would do exactly. so so yeah prairie view and texas southern hopefully meet in the championship game and that game would be on the 13th so um and that would be saturday march 13th at 5 p.m so i will be and it's on espnu so i will be tuned in uh, as long as one of them make it um i will be tuned in and we'll see how how that goes but shout out the swag definitely last but certainly least um is UTRGV has just fallen off a cliff. Obviously, um, you know, with the whole coaching situation, it's been a very, very difficult year for them. So I don't want to put sure. too much on them. Um, but man, I really thought they were going to, I really thought they were capable of making a push here. Sure. Uh, but they've, they've lost, I believe it was five straight, five or six mm-hmm. straight uh, to mm-hmm. close the season. So they dropped to the sixth seed in the WAC. Um, they, they are the only Texas team in this tournament. So 
Um, I think if they play their potential, they could potentially win a game or two. Um, that's what I'm hopeful for because I watched them play Texas in the first few games, first couple of games of the season. And I thought, you know, RTV, RGV is not bad. And I've seen RGV play before in the prior seasons against North Texas and other teams. And RGV is good. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt. They are a good program. It's just been such a obviously awful year for them that um, it's hard to, you know, blame them or anything like that. So hopefully they can sure. get a game or two in the whack. Um, their first game is on Thursday at 8 p.m. So yeah, best of luck to them. Definitely, definitely. I mean, like a, any type of win, like would be considered a, a victory, considering what they've gone through with 100%. you know Coach Lou Hill passing, and it's you know it it was it's a situation where like God, like you know you hate to you hate the fact that they had the season has to go on. Cause it's like, obviously like huh. the, the interim coach didn't want to be in that situation. Nope. The players don't want to be in this situation. So there's, there's so much going on with that team. So any win would be like anything positive that they can end on, right. Whether it's a tournament win or something, right. You, you do want this team to end on a positive note of some sort. Yep. Um, real quickly, Tarleton state is not eligible to play because it is their first year in division one uh, from what I understand. Um, mm-hmm. But they're actually they they won five games in the conference in conference they have won they won their last three games um you know they pulled out a couple of good wins uh that they beat rgv and then new mexico state as well new mexico state uh you know they, they put together a 10 and 10 season there so it's looking good for tarleton there in the whack so hopefully they can um continue to improve so that when they are eligible we can see them and rgv fight it out in the whack um yeah, along man. with along with all these other teams that uh, uh the, the that are getting pulled from the Southland too in a couple of years. That's very true. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. That is all we have on our next podcast. We'll be talking obviously about the tournaments that have unfolded, and then we'll also throw in there the American Athletic Conference and the boys' state finals, and um, however much we can do from the girls' state championship games. Um, we're gonna try to do get all of them in, uh, kind of recap them. So we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Um, but man, it really is March, man. We got a lot of basketball to watch this week. Oh my God. So much basketball, man. We're going to, we're going to touch on, we're going to touch on women's basketball next time too. Um, there was just so much to, I mean, unless you guys wanted a three hour podcast, we had to, we had to limit it. Um, if you want some tournament previews for the women's side, uh, Justin Carter's doing all of our editorial written stuff online, Texas basketball. So he'll have that on, uh, that on the site. So again, there's just so much we had to limit it to men's because Justin is taking care of the women's side on, on the, on the site. So uh, yeah, it's March. We're we'll by the end of this month we'll be uh, eliminating a lot of teams. So we'll be obviously uh, you know being able to focus on a lot more as the month goes on. But for now, yeah, it's a tidal wave of stuff. Yep. So thank you all for joining us again. Be sure to follow on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Check out the site TexasFootball.com and scroll over to the basketball tab. Pretty simple to do. Um, and yeah, uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, send it to your friends. And we will talk to you all later.